Hello, Michelle Laurie here, and as promised, I am thrilled to announce that our tickets for Australian True Crime Live are now available. Join me in Sydney, Brisbane, and or Melbourne this July. You can come to all three if you want. These tickets are expected to go very quickly, so be sure to secure yours by visiting the link in our podcast bio, or you can head over to the Australian True Crime Facebook page. There'll be a nice link there for you. If you've been a listener for any length of time, you'll know how passionate I am about true crime stories from Australia. I'm looking very forward to an incredible evening together with you, sharing these captivating tales. We will have great guests as well, so you know we love a Q&A. If you've ever come along to an Australian True Crime Live gig, you'll know we love a Q&A with our guests. Don't miss out. Book your tickets today and I'll see you in July for a memorable night out. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, friends. We've got an extra little episode for you this week. But before we go on, could we ask for a favor. We're receiving a lot of one-star reviews at the moment as a consequence of our decision to include an acknowledgement of the traditional owners of the land on which this podcast is produced. If you think that's a shame, please show your support by taking the time to give us five stars and a nice review. We're sorry to ask, but we had such great feedback to Uncle Jack's story. We thought you might not mind. Okay, on with the show. The reason we have an extra special, extra episode this week is that Emily found herself on the phone with a beautiful woman by the name of Sandra Charlton, who is the cousin of Vicky Arnold. Of course, Vicky was one of the women who was featured in this week's main episode of Australian True Crime. Vicky was, in fact, the woman who was accused of murdering her best friend, Julianne Lay, before killing herself. 
until her dedicated family and a local journalist, Robert Reed, launched a tireless campaign to clear her name. If you've ever wondered what it feels like for a normal family to be caught up in one of those headline-grabbing stories, you're about to find out. How many years apart were there between you and Vicky? Okay, well, Vicky was born in 1963 and I was born in 1964. She was, yeah, she was born in October. I was born in September, so less than a year apart. And did you spend a lot of time together growing up? We did once, as Vicky's father was getting sicker, we did, um, maybe even a bit before that, but my memory, I guess, is mostly when Vicky's father was really sick and um, she would, we would go to, go to squash together. She'd come, she would come with my family a bit, my, with my parents and my sister. And then once he passed, she did come on quite a few camping trips with us and her mum as well. Yeah. yeah, so she joined us on a few things because she lived in Cairns. I lived in Gordonville, which is only 30 minutes away or less. And how old uh, was she when her dad passed away? I think she was... I think she was 13. I think I was 12. So very, very um, young. It would have had a big impact on her. It did. She was she was devastated. And I probably didn't know how much at that time, how, how much she had affected her. But I, I know from my own self how I, I remember thinking, oh, how I would have felt if it was my father. Because uh, I was with Vicky when her dad died hmm. and we had just seen him in hospital and then he passed away and then we went we came back in so yeah it did it did she loved her dad really loved her dad so when this these awful deaths happened of Julianne and Vicky what did you think knowing Vicky as you knew her and then suddenly this their, their bodies are found and it's claimed that Vicky had killed Julianne and then killed herself what did that to do to you and to the family? I remember where I was when I was told my mother, told my sister and I at Vicky's funeral, just before the funeral, and we we couldn't believe it. No, no, no one could believe it. In those days, you'd sort of you know, trusted police, but just knowing Vicky and it, we could not, we just could not believe it. Yeah, at the time, we, we thought she was murdered along with her friend. And then on the day of the funeral, we found out the police were investigating it as a, a murder-suicide with Vicky being the um, perpetrator. So what was Vicky like as she headed in through her teen years and into her early 20s that made you, everyone that knew her, think this absolutely couldn't have happened? What kind of woman was she? She was really sensible. She was um, quiet she really didn't, you know, she she wasn't out there. She was just seemed to be a, a normal run of the person like the rest of the family. Coming up on this special extra episode of Australian True Crime, Sandra talks about the most surprising things she found out during the years of investigations into her cousin's life. And don't forget, you can talk to Emily and I live on YouTube about this case and anything else true crime tonight at 8pm. Just head to our YouTube channel, that's Australian True Crime Podcast at 8pm and start typing. We'll be there and talking back. 
Coming up, Sandra talks about the many ways in which fighting for a loved one can cost a family. But first, Emily talks about media intrusion. Did you have to put up with people gossiping or asking you questions? As a family member, what's that impact on you in the in the follow-on from, from those events and when all the media was happening and things like that? Yeah, in the beginning there were like outrageous stories of being in a um, like a lesbian relationship with Julianne and that there were drugs involved and there's all these sort of rumours going around in which, you know, were unfounded at the time. We couldn't, there wasn't any rhyme or reason to that going around, but it was just, I think, newsworthy. The general public didn't believe it either. So the, so the people up in North Queensland, and I think generally everywhere couldn't couldn't believe it just the circumstances around her death so it's not that that people were gossiping most people by and large i would say you know 99% of people were really supportive and couldn't believe it and would offer help um you know write letters sign petitions whatever so yeah generally we had we had heaps of support from the public and so you were there to support Vida, who's Vicky's mum, and also Vicky had a brother, Edwin. Was that yeah, yeah, yes. And any but, other well, siblings? My, yes, Vicky's um, got a half sister, Gail, and a half brother, Edwin, because my aunt Vida, she was married to Gordon initially, and he was killed in a car accident. So Auntie Vida's had a very tragic life. Yeah. Then she then she met Uncle Steve and got married and they had Vicky. Then Uncle Steve died of cancer. And then, you know, of course, all those years later, uh, Vicky died. But it, my mother came on the scene be- before I did. My mother, who's the youngest of 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 ten, Aunty Vida's younger uh, younger um, sister. She sort of um, she was the, the the advocate for the family and she contacted politicians and eventually contacted Robert, I think, and between the two of them, they tried to get other people to investigate, you know, the the situation and eventually a second inquest. And just before the second inquest, my mother died and on her her deathbed, virtually I said that I, I would see it through for her. And thinking at the time that second inquest is all that would be needed but we didn't get the outcome that we thought we would at the second inquest, which was devastating. It was the same outcome as the first um, inquest, which was that Vicky killed Julianne and then killed herself. So the same the same finding. The third inquest found that both Vicky and Julianne were murdered. And just that time in between for you taking over the mantle from your mum, so you're the advocate for Vicky and for Vida and for, for the family, working with politicians, you had a lot of support. I mean, how did you find that going from someone who probably hadn't done anything like that before? Because really, who who really finds themselves in these situations? It's not something that a lot of people do. What was it like mm. for you taking on that role? Oh, I was definitely out of my comfort zone and I, I just can't imagine how Aunty Vida would have managed because she's older, but yeah, I was I was out of my comfort zone dealing with media, and it's not like 
you know, you got asked difficult questions with media and not always easy questions to answer. And, yeah, I wasn't used to that. I wasn't used to dealing with solicitors, let alone criminal lawyers. I wasn't um, used to dealing with police that weren't really friendly. My my sort of interactions were with police, the police in the town where I live at, which is, you know, really really positive interactions so yeah it was really awkward and to and um, finding out information contacting politicians writing things it was definitely out of my comfort zone there was a politician in particular um, called Curtis Pitt who was really helpful describe uh, what, what was the relationship like working with Curtis it was it was really good Curtis is the local MP for for Mulgrave, so Gordon Vale, he he came and became involved and organised a meeting with the Attorney General, I think, and then the process was put in place to work towards the third inquest. And Curtis just really followed up, followed it up. Where I guess we hadn't had that sort of commitment previous to that from politicians. So, sort of shows it just takes one person, doesn't it, to really believe in you who's got the access and that can power it power it forward for you. Yeah, that's what happened. Um, definitely without Curtis, it wouldn't have progressed any further. Wouldn't have progressed any further without Robert. Yeah, he's pretty um, amazing, the work he's done. And what was it like working with Robert to really just get to the truth of this story? He really does his research well. So I've got fates faith in his research it I feel like he's almost like my an older brother or, or a, a father figure to me now we keep in touch he's part of the family without his research we wouldn't have found out the things that we found out which added to the whole body of evidence supporting that Vicky didn't murder Julianne what was the most the biggest shock for you of the information that was unearthed during Robert's research and your your work with him Things like the position of the hand and the gun, to me it was it seemed obvious that she she couldn't have pulled the trigger for that last shot. Things like that were around the gun and her body position. Things that sort of, I guess, shocked me that I found out later was not that this helped with the case, but Vicky had her hands cut off on the day of the funeral my aunt didn't know at the time. She found out later and she was, again, devastated. Another another hit of bad news. And they did that to get fingerprints. Not sure why they, they couldn't do it with their hands attached. But anyway, that led to Vicky's body being exhumed and the hands joining, joining uh, going into the, to the coffin. And that was really upsetting. There were so, so many upsetting things that happened along the way for my aunt that she became used to bad news. And if she got more bad news, it's almost like she didn't react. Yeah. yeah. Vida passed away a few months ago, didn't she? Only about three weeks ago, oh, actually. Wow, this, wow. This, yeah, 2nd of May. Was Robert was there, Robert with, there Vida? with Vida? Um, yeah, um, yeah. yeah I, guess, I guess, I guess, you know, you, you know, you, Robert became, Robert became like family, family, family to all of you. All he the, definitely all the, did. Yeah, yeah, all the years all the doing his case. And was Vida still still feeling like, like, the, like truth the truth would, would come, out come out about this about case? case? Did well, it? the the suspect that that was named by the coroner was Alan Lay, who is Julianne's husband, 
and he committed suicide at the, I think it was at the end of last year. I know that Auntie Vida feared him and that when I told her that he, he had committed suicide, she said, I can feel safe now. And that's after all these years. So all these years, she hasn't felt safe which is quite horrible because it it's is. been a long time. Yeah, yeah, especially since she's already had the trauma of losing Vicky and then, you know, obviously the killer is still out there and she feels yeah. unsafe around Alan. Have you been contacted by other people who are being family advocates for people who have experienced, you know, loss through yeah. violent crime? Probably, probably a bit more isolated from that up here in North Queensland, but no, I, ha- I haven't done that. But I, actually, I have found some sort of solace in listening to your, your program, actually, from listening to other family advocates. It seems to be so similar. The person is out of their, their comfort zone, but they've had to step up to, to try to get things done. And in other cases on your show, they haven't had an, a, a good outcome or, or haven't had an outcome. At least we have. It's not just um, the emotional impact too. There's um, there's the financial impact. People probably don't think about um, you know um, solicitors' costs or travelling to um, inquests or travelling to um, you know different things. It's uh, an accommodation. It all adds up. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not just the emotional cost, which is uh, of course the most. Where were you mainly travelling to? The um, first inquest was Atherton, second inquest Kansas. There were parts of the third inquest that were in Brisbane. So it just, but every time there was an inquest, you had to take time off work, yeah, and it was, yeah. it was quite a quite a bit of time to take off work. But I, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to complain about that. That that's yeah. just part of it. And have you been well supported? Yes, yes, oh, I've had. Um, I've had letters, yeah, ver- letters, j- just lots of um, verbal support. Yeah, definitely. I'm convinced that most people up here believe that that Vicky didn't kill Julianne. I'm convinced of that. Is there anything more to do? No, I think this is it. It's been since Auntie Vida passed away just a few weeks ago. I think, yeah, this is this is it. Now, I think for the family, we're... we're there's there's nothing more we can do. Mm-hmm. Vic, Vicky's name's been cleared. Yeah, that yeah. was the main outcome that we were wishing for at the last inquest. Detective Kate Porcina, I think she's um, you know I've got a higher ranking now. She was particularly lovely and compassionate, and it was such a huge turnaround from what we experienced earlier on instead of being treated like criminals she was so friendly towards us so i just do want to make a note that at at the third inquest things turned around with regards to the interactions with police thank you so much for your support of australian true crime we'll be back with another episode on thursday
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hello, Michelle Laurie here. And as promised, I am thrilled to announce that our tickets for Australian True Crime Live are now available. Join me in Sydney, Brisbane and or Melbourne this July. You can come to all three if you want. These tickets are expected to go very quickly, so be sure to secure yours by visiting the link in our podcast bio or you can head over to the Australian True Crime Facebook page. There'll be a nice link there for you. If you've been a listener for any length of time, you'll know how passionate I am about true crime stories from Australia. I'm looking very forward to an incredible evening together with you sharing these captivating tales. We will have great guests as well, so you know we love a Q&A. If you've ever come along to an Australian true crime live gig, you'll know we love a Q&A with our guests. Don't miss out. Book your tickets today and I'll see you in July for a memorable night out.